1985, Nintendo introduced the Nintendo Entertainment System to America. While not an immediate success, the NES soon gained in popularity and by the following year was the hottest toy on the market. During the 80s, the NES was the hottest selling item for three consecutive Christmases, and by 1990, Nintendo owned 90% of the then $3 billion video game industry. Nintendo had not only revived the then-presumed video game market, but became its undisputed king and ruled over all with an iron fist. Mario ruled from on high and quickly squashed any who dared challenge his claim to the home video game throne. Of the many who dared to take on the unstoppable Mario machine, there is one of whom the prophecy foretold, a being of pure speed, of attitude, and of course, possessing the power of blast processing. Today on Antiquity, we'll be looking at none other than the blue blur himself, Sonic the Hedgehog. On August 14, 1989, Sega released its second home console, the Sega Genesis, the master drive for all of you Europeans out there. While much more powerful than the then-dominant NES, the Genesis barely put a dent on Nintendo's domination of the market. While the Genesis sold okay, Sega knew that unless they did something drastic, the Genesis would go the way of the Master System, their first console, and just be another footnote in the annals of Nintendo's reign. Then-president of Sega Japan, Hayao Nakayama, knew that Sega needed its own mascot, one to challenge the portly plumber and put Sega on the map as well as in people's homes. Sega had already tried and failed with their previous mascot, Alex Kidd, on the Master System, which Nakayama attributed to Kidd's re resemblance to Mario. He knew that if Sega was ever going to stand a chance at overtaking Nintendo, they couldn't merely imitate their competitor. They had to establish their own identity. This was a task that had to be tackled from two fronts. First, Nakayama hired Tom Kalinske, a former executive of Mattel Toys, whose unconventional tactics had brought great prosperity to the then-floundering company, and he had hoped Kalinske could work his magic on Sega. Though hesitant at first, Kalinske eventually accepted the position of President of Sega of America, under the condition that he had the freedom to run his side of the company the way he wanted. Knowing Kalinske's unconventional methods were just what the Sega team needed, Nakayama agreed. Second, Nakayama had ordered its in-house development studio, AM8, to begin development of a game featuring the mascot for Sega. AM8 began developing ideas for the game engine and mechanics based around speed. The team decided that they needed an animal for their mascot, and wanted one associated with speed, such as kangaroos or rabbits. Their first idea was a rabbit who could grab things with his ears. While this proved promising, the mechanics proved too complex for the hardware, and found that the constant stopping and grabbing interrupted the speed-based gameplay. While the rabbit was scrapped, his game's mechanics would later be resurrected as the Genesis title, Rystar, which released towards the end of the Genesis lifespan. The team decided to narrow their research down to animals who could roll into a ball. This would let the players attack the enemy while continuing to move forward, momentum uninterrupted. They first tried an armadillo, but decided against it. Instead, they went with a hedgehog. The idea was presented to them by Naoto Oshima, who originally dubbed his creation Mr. Needlemouse. Oshima would later admit he came up with his design by putting the head of Felix the Cat on the body of Mickey Mouse. After tinkering with the design, AM8 eventually decided to name the little blue hedgehog Sonic to emphasize his speed. While originally a teal color, Sonic was eventually made dark blue so that he would pop out against the background of his stages as well as match the Sega logo. 
His shoes were made red as a nod to Michael Jackson's boots from the cover of his Bad album, as well as being the same color as Santa Claus's outfit, who Oshima said was the most famous person in the world. Sonic was given his trademark spikes to make him both look sleeker and more aggressive when he took out his enemies. With their mascot complete, Nakayama sent their decision concept to Kalinske and his team in America. Since Sega wanted the Genesis to be bigger in America than Japan, Nakayama wanted Sonic to appeal to American audiences. Nakayama was competent that Kalinske and Sega of America would love their Sonic design. After receiving an image of Sonic and taking his first look, Kalinske quickly shared it with the others at his office, including Madeline Schroeder and Al Nielsen. As if to confirm his suspicions, and both Schroeder and Nielsen agreed, Sonic the Hedgehog was terrible. To clarify, while Kalinske hated what he saw, it wasn't entirely bad. Kalinske liked the idea of a cartoony character and an animal was a good choice, but Sonic's problems stemmed from an obvious misinterpretation of what the Japanese thought Americans found cool. The Sonic he saw had a popped collar, fangs, played a guitar in a band, and had a busty human girlfriend named Madonna. Kalinske thought that for a character to be truly successful, they had to be timeless, and Sonic, this Sonic, was definitely a product of its time. Kalinske phoned up Nakayama and aired his grievances about the Sonic design. While Nakayama was not pleased, and Sonic Team was insulted by Kalinske's suggestions, Nakayama eventually sided with Kalinske. After all, this was a game meant for American audiences, so who better to tell you what they want than Americans themselves? Sonic was redesigned with Kalinske's specifications, and as a result, Sonic lost his fangs, collar, guitar, and dumped his human girlfriend. At least for now. With their protagonist complete, development entered full swing. Esteemed programmer Yuji Naka, who had helped develop Fantasy Star, and the Genesis port of Capcom's Ghouls and Ghosts, was brought on to Sonic Team. Naka was the one who insisted on faster gameplay after having been disappointed with the sluggish pace of Ghouls and Ghosts. The Sonic development team consisted of two programmers, two sound engineers, and three designers for a total of seven people. But even with a team of seasoned vets, development was not without its hiccups. Sonic's base speed was set to Mario's top running speed. This caused issues such as flickering, flame drops, and shaky animation. Naka solved these problems by creating an algorithm to maintain animation fluidity. This allowed Sonic to zip through levels at blinding speed with no frame drops or animation problems whatsoever. The level design was done by Hirokazu Yasuhara. Yasuhara designed levels to appeal to both casual and hardcore players by adding in occasionally difficult set pieces into the otherwise accessible levels. The color scheme was inspired by Aizen Suzuki and the first and most iconic stage of Sonic the Hedgehog, Green Hill Zone, was based on the geography of California. The development team worked 19 hours a day for several months, with six months of testing and retesting. Several modes were originally intended to be in the game, but were ultimately scrapped. A two-player split-screen mode was to be implemented, but Naka's programming skills were, at the time, insufficient to implement it properly. However, Sonic 2 would implement such a mode. A sound test was to be in the game, but was scrapped because of time constraints. However, it was ultimately replaced with the now famous... SEGA! ...chant commonly associated with the Genesis. The sound sample alone used one-eighth of the 4-megabit game cartridge. Sonic's music was composed by Masato Nakamura, 
a member of the J-pop band Dreams Come True. Nakamura was honored to have been chosen to compose the music after only having just joined Dreams Come True, and said he was inspired by Sega's ambition to be better than Mario. Despite his eagerness, Nakamura found working on the soundtrack difficult, due to his lack of knowledge of working on music on computers. Despite this, his track for Green Hill Zone went on to become one of the most iconic pieces of video game music ever. With their Mario Killer complete, Sega was now in a position to let Nintendo have it with both blue barrels. However, Kalinske insisted on not announcing anything on Sonic until the January 91 CES trade show. Kalinske wanted to launch a precise and deadly sneak attack on Nintendo, so Sonic could be revealed with full effectiveness. His gamble paid off, as not only did Sonic steal the show at CES, but won the CES award for innovation. With CES in the bag, Kalinske began his full-on marketing blitz to push Sonic on the public. Along with Al Nilsson, Kalinske orchestrated Sonic taste tests, inspired by the Pepsi Challenge, to invite people to try both Sonic the Hedgehog and the newly released Super Mario World back-to-back. -back. The results were indisputable. The public preferred Sonic by nearly 80%. At the Summer 91 CES show, the game was revealed, and Sonic had done something they never dreamed possible. They had stolen Nintendo's thunder. Kalinske and his team had set up a booth where attendees could play Sonic while being bombarded with the Sega sales pitch of a system that was not only on par with the soon-to-be-released SNES, but was $50 cheaper and would come with a free copy of the hot new game they held in their very hands. Kalinske wanted to have no hard feeling. Kalinske, wanting to have a no hard feelings conversation of then Nintendo America President Minoru Arakawa, was disappointed to find that Arakawa was simply too busy that day to see anyone at CES. Undeterred, Kalinske knew deep down Nintendo couldn't hide forever behind their chubby Italian plumber, and that soon, very soon, their little blue hedgehog would force Nintendo to see Sega for what they were. Serious competition. On June 23, 1991, Sega unleashed Sonic onto the masses. So confident were they that Sonic would be a success that not only did they sell the game individually, but they also replaced the box-in title of Altered Beast with their Speedy Blue Hedgehog for future Genesis bundles. This paid off immensely as sales of the Genesis skyrocketed by doubling, then tripling, and eventually quadrupling with Sega moving 15 million units thanks to their new mascot. They even allowed early adopters of the Genesis to receive a free copy of Sonic the Hedgehog by mail as a thank you for being with them from the beginning. Critically, Sonic the Hedgehog was universally acclaimed. Reviewers praised colorful detail graphics, backgrounds, character animations. GamePro called the game eye-popping and gorgeous. GameZone praised the animation as some of the smoothest and fastest ever seen. The music was also heavily praised as great, amazing, and catchy, with some of the sound effects being described as brilliant. The gameplay was cited as unprecedented in platformers due to its speed and responsiveness, stating the game played like a dream. Sonic the Hedgehog has maintained its popularity and is still considered today as one of the greatest games ever made. And although not every Sonic game is as highly regarded, the character of Sonic himself has withstood the test of time, with many considering him just as iconic and important as Mario. Thanks to Sonic the Hedgehog, the Genesis was able to outsell the SNES by a 2 to 1 ratio. By January of 1992, 
Sega had claimed 65% of the 16-bit console market. Although Nintendo would eventually, and narrowly, win the 16-bit generation of consoles, it was the first time since 1985 that Nintendo did not lead the video game market. A feat that would not be replicated until the late 90s with the release of a certain little CD-based console. But that is a tale for another time. The Sonic the Hedgehog franchise would go on to be Sega's cash cow, all the way up until present day. While he's had some rather rough times over the years, I, along with many others, still love Sonic the Hedgehog, and I regard his Genesis games as some of the best ever made. And with the success of Sonic Mania, maybe, just maybe, Sonic is getting his second win. That's all for this episode of Antiquity. Until next time, reach for that ring, nab those Chaos Emeralds, and as always, stay hella average.